Hey everyone, welcome to the Crypto Unstacked podcast, where we cover everything from crypto trading and investing to NFTs, decentralized finance, and so much more. The Crypto Unstacked podcast is meant for informational purposes only and should not be considered financial or investment advice. Nothing expressed in this podcast should be construed as a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer to buy or sell financial products. This podcast is sponsored by CoinFlex, the home of crypto yield. Whether you're passively managing money or taking an actively managed approach, you can earn and trade crypto easily on CoinFlex, which sees over $2 billion in daily trading volume. CoinFlex is committed to making crypto derivatives yield accessible to everyone, whether you are investing hundreds or thousands of dollars and more. With a newly launched automated market-making product called AMM+, you can earn yield on crypto by providing liquidity into the futures markets. The AMM Plus is 10 times more capital efficient than other automated market makers and offers multiple collateral types so that you can earn more with less. Interested in learning more about CoinFlex and trying out the AMM Plus? Head over to coinflex.com slash AMM to get started and let the market work for you. And it's my great honor this pod to uh, welcome anonymous uh, user onto CoinFlex and a professional trader, Johnny Walker Blue. Welcome on Crypto Unstacked. Hey, cheers, man. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity. So I do, I'm, I'm intimidated uh, from all your previous guests. I don't know if I actually belong here or not. Oh, no, <laughs> you, you you absolutely do. You know, what fascinated me, and I've been super excited about this, is that, you know, everyone in this series so far has been, uh, you know, professional traders or trading firms, and really it's around the bigger corporations. And what is so interesting about this pod, as, as you just said, is that you are a an army of uh, you know, one of hundreds of thousands of people in crypto who trade anonymously across multiple platforms and exchanges. And it's the first time I'm having one of this on a CoinFlex pod. So welcome. And also, but for the for the record, I do need to tell our listeners that uh, you're a fully KYC user of CoinFlex. So we know exactly who you are and that you're a proper person. It's just that for your online presence, and we'll go into this, into, into more of this you know, as the reason why, you know, you comment and you live in the Twitter world as an anonymous person. So before we get going, first of all, your name. I love Johnny Walker Blue, which is your Twitter handle and, and your kind of online persona. Um, where did that come from? Is that a nod to whiskey or? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask this question. And it's it's uh, actually quite a funny story. In the previous lockdown editions where, where we live, I was in a bar and um, man, I think we just came out of lockdown and was pretty excited. And was pushing the boundaries of the time limit and probably got a little too excited, started ordering whiskey for my friends. And then I was like, man, let's have the Johnny Walker blue. And it got to the point where, man, we finished the bottle off. And some of these guys <laughs> I just met that night, they didn't remember my name, but next time I saw them, they're like, man, Johnny Walker blue. And when I finally joined Twitter, man, I had no idea what my handle should be. I'm like, you know, screw it, man. Johnny Walker blue. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm amazed it was I'm amazed it was available and it's a great story, you know. So let's start with the beginning. So you are clearly American. I'm sorry to hear that. Only joking, but uh, or half joking from a tax perspective. But um you you studied psychology at undergrad and then you actually did a master's in finance, which was kind of interesting to me because you know, coming from a trading background, I think, you know, the more I understand about it, you know, pretty much those two would be the subject matters I would pick for anyone if I could. What was the thinking behind that when you decided to do psychology as an undergrad and then and then the finance masters? 
meant to be really frank, I probably did too many drugs in college, and I really was fascinated by the human experience and human uh, behavior. I went to an engineering school in the States, and so regardless of the major, I ended up doing two years of engineering. Right. So I did all the calculus series, and I was actually pretty good at math, right? About halfway through, I figured, man, I didn't want to be an engineer, and I noticed all the pretty girls were in psychology. I liked the available time, and that's how I ended up in psychology, and I figured, man, I, I could... And I actually did apply and get into grad school to become a psychologist. I just didn't feel like spending the next eight years of my life after undergrad. And then what ended up happening is I, like most uh, college students uh, in psychology without a master's or PhD, I found myself overeducated, underemployed. And I looked around and I'm like, man, who's making the money? And I realized in an epiphany that in our society, people get paid to do, they don't get paid to help people. They get paid to make money for other people, manage resource, right. whatever, right? And I'm thinking, man, what's the fastest way I can get to this? And it was an MBA, and I liked the mathematics portion. And I ended up majoring in finance for the two years I was in the MBA program. And that's how I ended up in uh, traditional finance. Afterwards, I screwed up my career and landed a job in Wall Street. And 25 years later, here I am. No, so where was your first job? Which bank? Bank in New York. Address was one Wall Street. Fantastic. So was that on the trading side or the banking side? or and More on the banking side. So this was more on um, just uh, normal corporate banking with uh, relationship management, credit services type stuff. And it was only for about a year. And then I ended up in, at a uh, hedge fund services company in New York. Gotcha. So, so where did the, uh, the first interest in kind of trading start? I, I noticed you mentioned to me before as well that you're a huge fan of the book Market Wizards by Jack Schwager. But you know, was that kind of your introduction to trading and where that kind of piqued your interest? Yeah, in the MBA program, we had an emphasis in both corporate finance and the trading side of finance, right? And uh, so, yeah, I got a good background in all of that. We had a, a small trading club back then, and that's where I actually read The Market Wizards. And man, it just blew the socks off that. And I remember, I forget the guy's name, but he was like one of the world's biggest bond dealers out of his house. And I always thought, man, that's a great life if you can make it happen, right? I got my first job in Wall Street, and then it took a few years, and then I ended up at asset management, an asset management firm where I worked with the uh, traders on the equity side for a few years. And then uh, I ended up at Tier 1 Bank where basically I was on the mortgage-backed securities desk at that time. And we were buying basically uh, loans from Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, pools of loans and securitizing these things. And so what I did is I built the tools that basically securitized the pools into bonds. And I worked with the quants to do that, right? Fantastic. So at this point, I guess, now have you started trading and punting? I know you had an interest in equity and equity options. So where did that fit into this uh, time sequence? Yeah, I mean, just, I had a lot of time after the MBA. Like the MBA was like, man, I studied 18 hours a day. I'm not on the right-hand side of the intelligence spectrum. I'm squarely in the average. So it took me a lot of study time. When I got out, I had plenty of time afterwards. And what I did is I spent my time actually studying. I didn't know what else to do after being in school for so long. I was just a young kid. Man, the market was booming at that time. It was like 97, 98. And this is when I just started trading on my own. And uh, I had the software. And I, for one thing, I'm, I'm actually very good at languages, both verbally and coding. I pick up quickly. And what I did is I basically bought a data service provider. I brought it into this software, and I started writing my own al algorithmic trading programs. And I did that for three or four years part-time. I actually paid for my wedding 
Algo trading, what, a Delta One, like equities? Dude, it was simpler than that. It was like, you take the Bollinger Band, you take the slope. I had this uh, my own mathematical formulas that I would use and calculate various equations. And I'd backtest it. And when it hit my buy-sell signals, I would just buy and sell. What was the underlying, though? Was it stocks or bonds or FX? Or- it was stocks, mostly. Mostly tech stocks and telecom, because I'd spent a lot of time writing a thesis in M- the MBA around telecom back then which uh, I don't think any of those stocks and or companies exist these days. Man, I had really good success. Man, I look back on it, you know, and I don't know if I ever told you, but it's like I had the choice of the green pill and the red pill, right? And it's like, man, if I took the green pill, I, I'm just going to do this. I take the red pill, I get a career. And I took the wrong pill, man. I took the career <laughs> pill. <laughs> and looking back on it, I always had this in my whole life, man, what if I shoulda, coulda, right? Yeah. Not that the career choice is wrong. Like I've done well with it. I'm relatively okay. My kids will be okay. You know what I mean? It's been the synthesis of me getting to where I'm at today, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I think just just to give uh, listeners a little bit of flavor about the career path, I mean, uh, Johnny Walker Blue is basically a very, very senior executive at one of the world's largest banks. And hence why this is a fascinating pod for me, because uh, by day he runs like thousands of tens of thousands of people. And, and, by night, he's a uh, you know diehard <laughs> crypto trader, and why I've been so psyched about this by way of color to listeners. So, and I know you have an options background. I used to trade options back then quite a bit, and I had software that would run all the Greeks for me. And I literally, man, it was so simple. My trading game was basically I waited for a dip. I wanted the dead cat bounce, and I'd already know the option with the strike price. And I knew the sensitivities against the movement of that stock. And basically, man, I just bought and sold same day, day trading options. And it served me pretty well for part-time back then when I was a kid and had plenty of free time, right? Yeah. So but then did this extend to when you were sort of working, when you had a proper job as well? Would you kind of trade on the side? No. And it got to the point where I didn't have that time. And when you transition into a big corporate entity, Basically, they lock down any trading activity outside, right? Yeah. And so my game was non-existent. It basically became a, a buy and hold strategy. The rules are around, oh, you got to get permission, right? Yeah. You've got to wait 30 days. You can't do this. You can't. And it, it actually depends on the location. And so my strategy's basically been buy and hold. And I'll be honest, I've been okay in that strategy. I've been lucky with some long-term holds. I bought Apple during the crash in 08 with a few bonus cycles and my cost base is like two, three bucks. I've been holding that ever since. And man, I'll be honest, I'd fall back on that if I get wrecked in crypto. <laughs> <laughs> but but just to tell you how crazy the rule is, I bought some triple leverage REITs back in New York, perfectly legal, got the approvals, moved to London, tried to sell them. Nope. Same, same bank, same company, just different location. And that product wasn't allowed. And I actually still hold some gold mining stocks that I had back then that were allowed in New York that weren't allowed to be sold because they were a client in London. And uh, man, I'm still underwater with those bad boys. You're kidding me. Yeah. (laughs) I often think like, you know, I I did meet someone, uh, a CoinFlex customer the other day for dinner and and, um, he got into crypto. Again, he's a bank exec, uh, investment banking side. He got into crypto because that was the only asset that he didn't have to ask permission for at the bank. And that was his entry point because he you go around and say, can I do this? He'll say, no. Can I buy Y? No. Z? No. And then he's like, okay, 
crypto, they're like, hey, we've got no restrictions on crypto, go for it. And that's how we got into, into Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, was that kind of one of the catalysts for you to get into crypto or how did you discover this uh, this asset class? Yeah, it's a man, I'd first heard about Bitcoin in 2011, like everybody else. I was living in New York and spent about 15 minutes doing my due diligence and figured <laughs> out, man, it's so freaking difficult to like this wallet thing. And I just forgot about it. Right. And then 2017, it was hot and I kind of asked around, but man, it's, it's kind of overwhelming for new users if you don't know what you're doing. But this is where COVID and the COVID lockdowns have uh, kind of uh, been a reawakening for me. Yeah. During the initial lockdowns in 2020, I had a small bubble of uh, friends that we would train our sport. I, I participate in uh, combat sports. And in the morning, we had a small bubble and we would train. And just by luck, there was two to three full-time crypto traders in that group. And we'd spent, you know, two hours training and then maybe an hour bullshitting afterwards or whatever. And, and the topic would come up and uh, it fascinated me. And so I started doing my research and man, after about a week, two weeks of really digging into it and having this great resource of friends that, man, this is their livelihood. Yeah, I do as I normally do my whole life when I'm committed. I go all freaking in, man. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, yeah, man, I basically uh, went out. I bought... Uh, and true to my kind of buy and hold strategy, I bought a bunch of Bitcoin, bought a bunch of Ethereum on like a uh, Monday, promptly on Tuesday, it dipped 30%. <laughs> Naturally. And I was like, man, what it really woke me up. I was like, what the fuck was this? What the hell was this? Yeah. I managed to sell about halfway through the dip. And then I was like, man, a little singed. I'm like, holy man, it just went down like 20% in a day. Like that never happens in what I'm used to, right? Yeah. And I remember like Ethereum was about 500. It ended up dipping down to like 240 or something like in that range. It was really, I was like, man, 50% in like a week. I forgot what that time frame was. Yeah. And then I started becoming really fascinated by it, the volatility, because the one thing I remember in my younger day, I love volatility, right? Because you can make tons of money if you know what you're doing. Man, that's when I got into crypto. And man, I just started stacking Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, and some Litecoin all the major stuff and then as you, one would do over time that shifts into uh you know every variant of shitcoin that uh one can think right yeah i mean i think was this around the time that we first met perhaps uh, so we had met at may 2021 and I, i'll tell you what the lead up to that is is um so yeah man I've, I've been trading some spot btc with some relative success and at that point at the summer of 2020s when i got into crypto i've been trading spot uh, all, all fall, basically stacking all my profits into Ethereum at that time. And we had the run-up, the Christmas run-up, the beginning of the year in 2021. And man, as you do, you start looking at projects. And I'm a believer. So let me back up and just explain my mindset and why I'm all in. When I first discovered internet, it was 1990. I went to university and I connected to the internet via a VMS machine, green screen. We had eight terminals connected to a computer that was probably three meters by three meters yeah. in a library. And we connected to the University of Illinois Champaign by command line, and we had access to the internet news groups. That was the internet when I first joined. I watched that whole run up to where we're at today, and I missed it, right? I made some money mm -hmm. in the dot com. Then... I'm going to give you my age. I've already did, right? Um, <laughs> basically, cell phones were bricks, right? Like this thing, a cell phone was maybe a foot long with the antenna. 
it was not collapsible or anything. And look at what we're doing today. I missed that whole thing. Man, this is money we're talking about. And the one thing I love is money. And <laughs> the mix of technology with this, I'm not even a believer. I know this will transform the world and the way we operate in the next five years. I'm not missing this revolution. And, and that's why that's kind of where I'm coming from with all of this and why I'm so hardcore and such a believer. Mm. Man, I've talked so much, I actually forgot your question now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We, so we met around May 21, and oh, yeah, you, yeah. Started, you, you started looking, you yeah. know, we spoke a lot about capturing basis, essentially. You said to me, look, yeah. you know, how do we capture basis? Yeah. What led up to that is, uh, man, we started looking at some projects with my friends, and through a mutual friend and a competitor that you have no idea who it is, there's a small little uh, derivatives exchange across the water here. And the guy told us, yeah, man, you bring your clients to us and we'll, we'll give them guaranteed 20% yield, no loss on their money. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? 20% guaranteed? I'm like, show me what you're doing. And he made the mistake of showing me his uh, daily rate card of spot versus futures basis. And I'm like, man, send that to me on WhatsApp. Next day, he sent me the next day rate card. And man, it had all the exchanges, all the spot index prices, all the futures, you know, absolute return, implied APR. I'm like, what the frick is this? And so I, I re reverse engineered it, right? I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I figured out what this is. And in May 2020, I had some leftover questions on the mathematics around that. So I, I called up our mutual friend, Vince. I'm like, Vince, who's a professional trader, crypto trader. I'm like, man, do you know anything about this? Like, this is what I need to know. And he said, he literally said, dude, there's only one person that can answer this question. <laughs> Come to beers on this Friday. <laughs> and then, man, lo and behold, you're there. And yeah, man, and you confirmed this is for real. And then you actually gave more information, which I truly appreciate, and a roadmap, which I continue to do study for probably the next week, two weeks. I ran some historical data across various exchanges and whatnot. And I came to the conclusion that I think we met beginning of May. I came to the conclusion as for real. And by the end of May, I then banked myself every single available dollar I had around the world in any bank account, investment account was turned into stablecoin for this sole purpose of capturing basis. basis. And that's what I've been doing primarily uh, ever since with decent results. Yeah. I mean, what, what's interesting about you is as well is that, so when we created the repo product, which is now maybe 15 months old and probably traded around 300 or, or more billion dollars, you had to be savvy enough to use the repo product. And of course, about seven months ago, one of our power users of the repo product, Roger Ver and, and others started talking to us about tokenizing it. And, mm -hmm. you know, and that's when Mark and I sort of sat down over several weekends and designed FlexUSD. And so FlexUSD is essentially what a repo trader would do, a human would do, but in a tokenized version so that anyone, passive capital anywhere in the world, you know, even if you're institutional, passive or re, you know, retail passive uh, investor, you could send in USDC and 30 seconds later mint FlexUSD and uh, almost immediately your dollars will be deployed into our market. What fascinated me about your journeys, I think you also minted FlexUSD initially, but then you figured out that as an individual repo trader and by concentrating on this, you could actually eke out even better returns by, by trading in the individual order books rather than using the, the algo, right? Yeah, Mark actually uh, disagrees with me. He says I only get a 10% advantage, but man, I, I disagree. I think I get about a 40% advantage if I pick the right market against, because you guys have to tokenize across all the coins products across the entire, yeah, I concentrate all my capital on the prime spots, right? And so, um, I think I get a little bit of an advantage, but man, I love that product. 
I think it's, man, I can't say enough about it because I spent some time in treasury management, balance sheet management in the bank. And man, I appreciate capital efficiency. And man, that product allows me to keep my money working and I can redeem it within an hour. Hour is the longest I have to wait if I have to move yeah. money, right? Which I love, yeah. right? I know. Because I, I love the accessibility of it. Exactly. You know, I often tell people how in, in TradFi, repo trades are one to two trillion per day, but you're not, only the banks and the Fed can access it within each other. So really CoinFlex's repo product was not only the first in its kind for crypto, it was in first in its kind for TradFi and crypto. And the fact that, you know, two retail individuals or two institutions or a retail versus institution could trade with each other in a central order book, I think it's a game changer. And, and repo, repo is what drives everything within CoinFlex. It drives the futures, it drives FlexUSD, it drives AMMs, and it drives all future innovation that we come up with. Yeah, and I'll be honest, a lot of my friends hear the returns that I'm making in my basis trading, and they want to learn. And I said, man, go learn repo on CoinFlex. If you want to know and shortcut the experimentation and, and knowledge by trial, what you do on the repo exchange is exactly what I do elsewhere. And if you understand the mechanics of how the repo market works in Coin, man, it's such a powerful learning tool as well, in my opinion. No, thank you for that. It is an amazing innovation. And, and also something I've heard you, I know, I overheard you mention to somebody on one of our beer nights out, which I, which I was really resonated with me, was that you said, uh, you know, CoinFlex is your main money platform. And, and that means a lot to us because we are, you know, we are definitely positioned in the middle between sort of exchanges on one side and sort of savings and loans businesses like the, uh, on the other side, like Celsius, BlockFi, Nexo, you know, kind of things. And very unique that we offer you know, we match borrowers and lenders within this within an, an order book. So we're a great marketplace for it. And the fact that when people come on and finally understand the product set and use it like you do, they never go away. You know, they may de deposit and withdraw, but they stay around. Yeah, I think there's a lot of advantages and I'm not pimping your site, but man, and I know who you guys are. And if anything happens, I'm com coming after you guys. I'm just joking. Yeah. Uh, seriously, man, the security around your platform is second to none, right? And the ability to keep my capital basically efficient. I can put it into the repo and I'll be earning interest within an hour. I cannot do that in any other exchange, right? And the yep. fact that I'm fully KYC'd, I can move money in and out around the world in seconds and bring it back. And that's why CoinFlex for me is, is basically the central hub. When my capital is not deployed, it comes back to stay basically efficient as much as possible. And park it and earn yield. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So if you go to modern day, like right now, say for example, you know, what are your main um, strategies now? Are you still mainly trading basis? Are you trading directional? What, what's your main strat? So I have a holding portfolio that I have these long-term views. Um, and when we're talking long-term, it's similar to my Apple holdings where, where my equities were, and I won't touch these for 10 years, right? They're in a wallet, right? Albeit that view is shifting a little bit. Basis trading is, and I call it one engine, a few engines that I'm working on I have an analogy that man, I have this rocket ship that's going to create escape velocity off planet Earth, and the planet is my corporate job. Mm. I need enough velocity, and so I need these engines of income and yield to get me off. And the thing about basis is you have market swings. Like right now, we've been in a market low for about, I'd say, man, the futures funding rates have been washed out for about a month now. They seem to be picking up now. You can make money in either market. It just takes different kung fu and work to get there, right? So there's a huge variability. You can be making 20%, 10%, as low as 10%, 
or even negative, right? Rates can go negative if you're not, right? Yeah. All the way up to, man, ridiculous interest, right? So to even out that variability, what I've done is I've, I've created other engines of income. And one is uh, I have uh, started exploring DeFi and uh, the opportunities uh, within there as far as staking, right? And yeah. earning yield. Recently, I've uh, discovered Curve and Convex, Yearn, and so I'm kind of liking that aspect, earning yield there, albeit some of the Ethereum fees are (laughs) ridiculous, right? Which makes it a little bit prohibitive because once you put a serious amount of capital in there, you're kind of stuck, right? To one, recover recover your fees that you're paying, right? And the yields tend to be variable. Like I notice they look high one day and then the next day it's like half, right? Or whatnot. What I've also done is I've worked with some friends to uh, build some basically Ethereum nodes where we're, uh, we've staked some Ethereum, right? And we're earning yield there. And so that's just another engine of yield that we're going to be... Yield yield. Yep. And then actually I've just discovered, and, and this is the journey. I'm, a lot of reader, uh, people I think will listen and they're like, man, how did he not know this? But for me, it's been a journey along the way where, where I've discovered liquid staking. And so I've taken another pile of my long-term... ETH holdings, and I've turned it into STE and, and staked it on both convex, right? Which, man, there's no impermanent loss. It's STE versus ETH. I'm making about 9% decent in curve tokens, right? There's a curve yep. war going on, loving it. But, man, I listened to your other podcast with the um, uh, Darius Sit, and he, he was talking about options. And I'm like, man, you right. know what? I'm going to spend some time doing this because I had some time over the holiday. I'm curious about that because I actually know very little about DeFi options. Obviously, I love options trading, um, but I haven't really researched, unfortunately, because, you know, we're just full on here growing the business. But you specifically mentioned, I think, in the past, sort of ribbon finance and theta mm-hmm. nuts and stuff. And have you actually started? Are you in the research phase? Are you in the deploy phase? Or where are you? I've put my money in phase and I'm, I'm watching that growth phase. <laughs> 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 so... Um, and I had the last couple of weeks off for holiday, so I, I refreshed my knowledge about the various uh, Greeks. What I did is I went and did some research on Ribbon, and they have great historical data. They show you how they back-tested their, their strategy, where they messed up, where they've changed it, how they determine the strike price, right? Yeah. You know, they've got all the audits and all of that. If you're a tech geek, you can go and make sure they're all, you know, kosher or whatnot, right? So mm-hmm. I kind of compared them against Theta Nuts, right? And Theta Nuts, um, a little bit more of an upstart, a little bit more aggressive on the strike prices on their calls and puts, a little bit more than what I would potentially uh, do myself, right? Mm-hmm. Where if you compare the similar products, uh, there is quite a difference in aggressiveness on that. Okay. So you'll see massive differences in yield, but it comes with the price, right? Right. Actually, last week, I was monitoring the potential auction that was coming up. They had just migrated uh, Ribbon to version two, and man, I dropped in about 200 ETH as a test. And uh, man, so far as that, the strike price is 440. I think at the time ETH was 3,700. And I'm like, man, there's no way ETH. I love ETH, but it's not making 440. It's not going to beat 440 in seven days. So I'm pretty confident that I'll make the yield on that. And I think the yield, something like 17% APY. Fantastic. And it's actually on ST, ST ETH, so I'm earning the rebases on Lido as well at the same time. Dude, this is an amazing world. This is a, once you go down the rabbit hole of uh, crypto, CFI, and DeFi, it's, it's absolutely amazing, the possibilities. Yeah, and so I'm just going to let it roll. And I'll watch the strike price this Friday and see. And what I like about Ribbon is 
man, I've worked hard to build that pile. I got lucky at a cheap price. I built up a nice little stack. Man, I want to keep that stack. I don't want, <laughs> I'm not here to gamble, right? I, that's why I like <laughs> basis trading. I like yield because, man, I've worked hard to get here. I'm not gambling. Yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, make my millions next week, right? No, fantastic. What's going to persuade you to, or, uh, you know, in your mind to say that you've reached escape velocity and leave the uh, big bank corporate paycheck and get into a full-time uh, self-employed crypto trader? I'll be honest. In between the six inches of my ears, it's already happened in my mind, right? I've reached escape velocity. I think, uh, man, I'm looking at my performance over the last nine months, one year, and, and I far exceed what I make, right? And I think it'll be even di more difficult, but uh, I think me and my company will come to an agreement over the next uh, two months from my understanding and, you know, of my many years of service, they're going to um, uh, help me with my next career, if you know what I mean. And I, I welcome that uh, mutual parting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and it's weird, Sadhu, because, um, man, I've had a paycheck for 25 years. I don't know if I mentioned this the other night to you or someone else, but man, I'm like this uh, bird in a cage and, and there is actually no door on this cage that I'm in. I can fly out anytime. Yeah. And it's this thing called paycheck that, man, it's really, I don't know, after my whole adult life, it, it'll be weird not having one, even though I'm making multiple times more than what I do salary bonus wise, right? It's a mental challenge, I think first, but I think I'll, it'll take a few months to get used to that, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that you're doing this, you know, at you know the, the age group that you are, is just incredible, and, and good luck to you. And but you can see why crypto has liberated the whole world essentially, and, and is doing so day by day, person by person. Exactly, they said the fact that your kind of income, your activity, your whatever you want to do is within your control. You you don't you're not enslaved to a paycheck necessarily, or you're not enslaved to an intermediary that you don't want to be enslaved to. You know, you have options to go direct and crypto and crypto exchange like CoinFlex and our yield products are one such route. And that's why I'm super, super bullish on the on, on the whole space and have been ever since I discovered it accidentally you know, in 2017. Johnny Walker Blue, it's uh, we run out of time. It's absolutely amazing to have you. I would love to have you back here in a year's time when to see how your first year as a non-salaried uh, guaylo in uh, in Hong Kong goes. For people who want to drink with Johnny Walker, just to be clear, he doesn't easily buy a round. Uh, I've managed to get a few rounds from. <laughs> I've managed to get a few rounds from him thanks to yield farming, and I look forward to a lot more drinking with you. But thank you so much for coming on to Crypto Unstacked. Man, it's been my honor and a pleasure to join, and I really appreciate the opportunity. So, do man, thank you very much, and and I have to say, man, thank you for all your guidance and mentorship because I literally would not be here without your genius, man. Is what I gotta say, and I'm saying that publicly to everybody. Oh, dude, you're too kind. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>